0: Hello friends! Welcome back to another episode of Be Here For A While. Today's episode of Be Here For A While is brought to you by my favorite most comfortable shoes, Rothy's. I'll tell you about those later. Guys, I am recording this live from a ranch in Colorado. I've been here for four days. I leave today. Let's just say I have won the best girlfriend points in the world. Yes, I have mentioned I am dating someone new. But you know what? When I haven't, I've been on this podcast. I think this one might stick, though. But I am not revealing much info about it. Because I feel like I have revealed info about people I was dating in the past. And then it didn't work out. And then it's embarrassing. So we're keeping this one under wraps for a little bit. But it's a great story. Like, in a few months, I'll tell it. But, um, so I definitely, I mean, I am freaking girlfriend of the year. And man, might I just brag and say, chill AF. I never use AF, but so I'm on a ranch in Colorado. The new, the new guy owns, uh, well, him and a couple of his buddies own like a hundred and some acres. I don't know, maybe more than that. I don't know of, uh, ranch land. And he, he splits his time between LA and Colorado and whatever. Um, but he's also building a house on his property um but let's just say the amount that the house is done is like let's just say i'm indoor camping you know like there's a roof over my head and a bed to sleep in but plumbing hasn't been installed yet so um (laughs) You know, he tried his best to get this outdoor shower thing going before I got here, but then it didn't totally work. I mean, it was just supposed to be temporary until the real plumbing gets put in. And so um, I have showered with a hose for the last couple days. Uh, Sometimes water bottles, sometimes if I just want to do a quick, quick rinse, I'll just pour water bottles all over myself and call her a day. But in all honesty, it has been a hilarious adventure. Like, you don't you know when was the last time you felt like most of your like basic life needs were not totally met you tend to appreciate like the little things like i have enjoyed so much really fun simple stuff like just grilling out and cooking with his friends and i used to you know i grew up uh, in a very small town so i used to ride four wheelers and you know well I mean I didn't shoot guns regularly but I had shot them before but we like I got to ride around the property on a four wheeler this property contains old abandoned mines I got to explore I didn't go into the mine that'd be dangerous but like the property has like an old ghost town and an old mine on it and driving around on the four wheeler and seeing that and just seeing like cool historical stuff and one day we shot guns yes I beat him in a shootout I don't know why I'm talented you ask God that question but um doing that and then just like You know, at night, when there's no lights around, the stars, I mean, the stars are insane. And last night, we went to the top deck of the house and put out, like, a, a little bed thing. And there was a lightning storm off in the distance. It wasn't near us. But there was the most incredible stars and the prettiest lightning storm off in the distance. I was in heaven. Those parts are all amazing. But I must tell you the best part of this trip... I believe that I met a woman that is not from this earth. I'm being totally serious right now. It was one of the coolest things. So first of all, just like a quick like backstory. And also I'm going to get to my great podcast guest in a little bit. You'll love her. But some quick backstory is um, we had gone camping and on this like trip to Yellowstone in July. And really randomly, um, this guy and his friends were sitting next to us in this like probably 50 something year old guy. He was from Huntington Beach, but he was visiting his friends in Montana. Um, he was drunk, but not like drunk where he was just in like insane. And all of a sudden like leaned over to us and he was like, you guys look like Ken and Barbie, which I look nothing like Barbie. I have, you know, naturally brown hair, but it's dyed blonde and dark eyebrows and dark. I mean, it could maybe be the Latin Barbie. Anywho. Um, but, uh, and he was like, He's like, are you guys in the movie business? And we were like, yeah. He's like, you guys are gonna be on TV soon. I'm, I'm yeah, the guy I'm dating is not an actor; he's a director and editor and writer and everything. But, um, and uh, I was like, yeah, I am. And he's like, you guys are gonna be on TV. And then the crazy part is, then he goes, but if it doesn't happen, like you know, really soon, you guys are gonna write something together, and then that's gonna get made. Crazy enough, we'd already written a script together, and now we're working on a TV show. Like, just weird, like in like. I don't know. Like, he didn't need to lead over and just, like, give us, like, his little, like, you know, blessing or something. So, that happened then. And then here's the story of what happened yesterday, our last day in, uh, our last full day in Colorado. So, we're walking downtown of this town of uh, Trinidad, Colorado. It's very, very small. Lots of abandoned, you know, places. Like in, and And during the week, a lot of things just don't open for business or whatever. And I wanted to go into a few antique stores. Those were closed. So we were kind of walking back. And I was like, I really have to pee. And so I saw what looked like either like a liquor store or a bar or something. I just saw like one neon sign in a window. I was like, well, I guess I'll, I'll try this. And so we opened the door to what felt like you shouldn't open the door to it. I was like, are we even welcome? Is this someone's private? I don't know what this is. So we opened this like big wooden door. And uh, it was like a super old timey bar from like the 1900s with the same bar, maybe even the same bartender to be perfectly honest. And they only served like Budweiser on draft and like bare minimum liquor. So, uh, he orders a beer cause I, you know, we can't just like go in there and use our bathroom. So we sit down and we pulled out the computer. We were going to try to like finish this, uh, you know, TV project thing we need to send in. So I go to the bathroom, he has the computer open and, um, the woman, there was a woman Behind him, who when I was in the bathroom, I guess, kind of yelled at him, not like yelled, but was just like basically told him to turn off the electronics, you know, and be like enjoy himself, like be present. And so when I came back, he was, I was like, okay, let's work on this. He's like, well, the woman behind us doesn't, you know, she kind of like got mad at me. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'm sure she's just drunk or something. Who knows? Hope the computer start working on it. So then the woman uh, tries to get our attention again. And I look behind her and she goes, hey, come here. And I go, okay. And she is this, I, I, can't, I really can't tell what age she is because she had such beautiful skin. She was um, Native American. She was a Lakota Sioux uh, Indian. Her name, uh, well, her, and she made a point to say her full name. So I think we could look her up or something. I know. So her full, like, um you know, Americanized name is Gail Owen. But her uh, Native American name was White Arrow. So I look back and this woman who, she was in a wheelchair, um, like not like a you know where she was like paralyzed type of wheelchair but like one that was just kind of assisting her like i'm sure she could walk a kid. you can tell that she could probably walk but this is more comfortable and you know uh and i honestly she could have been like 70 though i don't think that she did but she had the skin of like someone in their like late 40s so i don't know anyways she's beautiful she's got beautiful jewelry on a beautiful scarf on she's very well put together just a just a gorgeous lady so I go over there and she hands me five dollars and she goes pick out some music on the jukebox i was like oh okay i was like is there anything you want to hear she's like no you just do it or whatever so uh i uh i put money in the jukebox and the first kind of like interesting thing is so we're near we're like two hours from cripple creek Cripple, cripple creek is like an old i haven't been there but i was looking up and i really wanted to go there but we didn't end up going on this trip it's like an old western town that's also like a casino town And, um, there's a bunch of songs written about it. There was a song by the band called Up on Cripple Creek. Anyways. So I play that song and she, she says, that's my favorite song. She goes, Cripple Creek. That's where the gold is. And we're like, okay, cool. And I was like, God damn it. We should have gone on this trip. So I'm playing all like my old classic rock. She's loving it. We got, she asks us to come back over. So we both get up and go talk to her again. And granted, yes, she had been drinking, but I don't feel like Any of the stuff that came out of her mouth or anything she said or did had to do with her, you know, drinking. So, uh, we go back over there and, uh, she introduces herself and then she says, um, she said, can I take you guys to dinner tonight? What are you doing? Can I take you to dinner? We're like, oh, we have to go back to the ranch where we, you know, we have plans to grill with the, the friend, our friends and, but thank you so much. We'd love to. And she goes, okay. She goes, I just, you know, um. Trinidad's been so good to me and I want to I want to uh, bless you guys with a a nice time here we were like ah thank you so much like too bad we can't so we go back and sit down and then she um as I'm uh I get back up to put some more money in the jukebox and she calls to my boyfriend and is like hey and he comes he goes over there and she goes she goes will you tell your wife to come over here? He goes, Oh, that's, that's not my wife. And she goes, not yet. Uh, which was just like, weird. I don't know. It was just weird. And, uh, so then he tells me to go over there. I go over there and she has a folded up. Um, like she, it wasn't like she was just like, ah, I'm going to just take money out of my purse, and hand it to you. Like she then pre had pre-planned this. She had a folded up, like Chris, a hundred dollar bill, like folded into her hand. And she was like, uh, basically said the same thing like trinidad has been so good to me my life is like basically been so good to me i want to bless you guys the way i've been blessed and and so she tries to hand me a hundred dollar bill and i was like i can't i can't take that from you like i thank you that is so sweet but i cannot take a hundred dollar bill from you know an, an old woman a straight you know i can't do that i was like no, thank you so much. And she goes, no, I want you to have this. She's, I think she told him that it was our wedding gift, but whatever. Um, she's like, you use this for whatever you need, whatever makes you happy, whatever you need. And I was like, I really can't, I can't do it. And she was like, no, you take this. I like, whatever. And so I was like, okay. And then we go back and sit down and I said, I mean, I'm saying thank you and whatever. So we go back and sit down. And so he and I decide like, well what do we do with this so, so first of all we were like well we really need to tip this bartender who probably doesn't make that much money you know this town's pretty dead really well so we gave her like a $20 tip and then we're like well I guess we can use the money and that's how we'll buy all the food to make dinner for all of our friends so um I then decided I was like I should get a picture with her because I'm trying to add all this stuff to my website like my travel blog stuff like I wanted to say like things to do and you know these towns I travel to and perform in and restaurants to go to or whatever and tips for Paris and you know anyways if you happen to be in the middle of Colorado in the middle of nowhere I'm going to have some tips for you but I just wanted a photo with her anyways because I just felt like she was just a really special I don't know I just felt like she she was there to I don't know like make us feel good tell us we were on the right path like just I, I don't know she was a spiritual What her name was White Arrow I mean the white arrow is pointing you in the right direction. She said so much more. I'll get to that quickly. Sorry, this is going on so long. It was just a really cool experience. So, um, so I go, I asked her to take a photo. We take a photo together. I'll post that on my website, rachelbryancomedy.com. And um, and then she says, uh, she goes, Are you guys movie stars? Same thing that the guy in Montana said. I said, Well, working on it. And she goes, You will be. I know it. You will be. And she was like, look at it. Both of us were like, okay. And then, um, she, uh, tells me I look like her niece, whatever. And then we decide that we need to leave. And so we go back, we say goodbye to her and she's like holding both of our hands. And she uh, tells us this like old native American blessing. And then tells us that, um, she just keeps saying like, you guys are on the right path. Like I, You know, I'm giving, I want to give you all my blessings. And then she said, just also just remember to protect yourself and take care of each other. Protect yourself. We're like, okay. And she said this super, like I said, spiritual Native American blessing that I can't totally remember. But it was like a may the, you know, whatever blessings be with you. I don't know. And uh, so we leave there and we're just like, did we meet a real per? Like, like if we went back to that bar. And said to that bartender, like, hey, do you, um, do you remember the you know, that woman that was here? Like, I feel like very likely she could be like, there was no one there. And you guys just look, like you were talking to a wall or something. Like, it was such a bizarre and, like, spiritual experience. I can't quite describe it. I hope this story is doing it justice. But it was one of the cooler things I've ever experienced. And uh, I need to make some more uh, Lakota Sioux Indian friends because I feel like they are wise 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 anyways super cool i had a great time on this trip i'm heading back later uh show dates guys hey uh i will be in las vegas nevada uh, monday september 16th uh it is an all-female lineup we're headlining the first kickoff show that natasha brohansen is doing she's going to do a weekly comedy show at the artisan hotel and casino in las vegas and me jacqueline marfuji uh Ariel, Kashanchi, Courtney Schurman, and Natasha Brohanson. we are doing the kickoff show. We're doing a pool party there. We're going to be there for several days and it's going to be a blast. So you can get tickets. Um, I'll put a link on my website, rachelobryancomedy.com. Um, that's Monday, September 16th in Las Vegas. Uh, Thursday, September 12th, sorry, I'm working backwards. I'll be at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood at 10 PM. Details will also be on my site. Um, And then, you know, the ones that I've been mentioning, they're still getting uh, put together. There will be Detroit with Kristen Doty at some point. I'll be doing stand-up and then we'll do a little live podcast together. And then um, I think I'm going to have an Indianapolis date, Long Island, Delaware, a couple places in Texas, Philly for for sure, San Francisco, Um, trying to get down to Florida too, maybe Myrtle Beach. There's going to be a whole, the whole tour is getting put together, so... I'm going to be coming to a city near you very soon. And as always, I want to thank you guys so, so, so much for uh, listening to my podcast. I love you guys so much. And I hope that my long, boring stories, they're not boring, but my long stories of just like being excited about life and cool shit doesn't bore you. I just, I don't know, little things in life. And I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, As always, thank you for leaving uh, five-star ratings and good reviews on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me and it really helps to keep it going. So I really appreciate that. All right, now for my guest. I just think this girl is an absolute sweetheart, an absolute doll. I think she is, you know, following her heart and what she wants to do and owning her power. And I truly believe that she uh, has made the best decision for her. I think it's just cool. And it was, she was really interesting to talk to. So I met Danica at a storytelling comedy show. She was uh, in the audience, but she was coming to see it because she was going to do the show next month. And... um she shot me an email after the show and just said she really liked my story and that, uh, here's her, you know, here's her story and, and what she's, you know, been up to. And if, you know, if I'd like to have her as a guest on the podcast, I was like, yeah. So she, uh, Danica left a, you know, well-paying corporate kind of communications job and decided to become a webcam girl and uh is now i mean you know she says she feels more empowered and and happier than she ever has she's making a lot of money and uh just you know she just talks about like owning uh owning your own femininity and sexuality and doing whatever it is that makes you feel empowered and i don't just think her story is really cool and i think you guys are going to love her so without further ado give it up for danica maya Danica thank you so much for doing this. Thank
1: you for having me. I'm super excited.
0: I'm very very excited to have you on because I feel like I'm very impressed with your and interested in your career change um and also it's like not something I normally kind of talk about on my podcast like um I just I just think it's it's interesting so I'm excited about that but I'm I'm, glad. I'm teasing that with that for everyone right now but first I'm gonna ask you some quick fire questions to get Perfect. to know you a little better. Let's go. Okay do you consider yourself an old soul or like just like a true millennial?
1: True millennial.
0: Really? For sure. I'm definitely an old soul. <laughs> I'm like an old, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm a frazzled frank.
0: man i'm a, just an old like i'm like a hell's angel pretty much
1: <laughs> no i'm like lisa frank uh doug funny patty mayonnaise oh. So uh, i used to love
0: that when i was little <laughs> are you still watching those cartoons
1: Oh, squarely i actually did i uh i was very hungover yesterday because it had been my birthday the day before so yeah. i did turn on spongebob just for some oh
0: some comfort <laughs> some comfort yeah so you didn't have the scaries <laughs> uh coffee or tea
1: coffee definitely
0: Oh yeah, you're drinking it now. Why'd I ask you that? Could have yeah. just guessed.
1: Coconut latte specifically. <laughs> uh, beach or mountains. Mountains. Me too. Yeah. I
0: feel like most people would say beach, but I'm like it's just it's messy and it's Yeah. It's hard to get there. I don't know. It's, yeah. So yeah. Once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Exactly. Are you a California native? Uh no, Oregon, but I grew up on the beach in Oregon.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm from northern California, okay. so we're just probably unimpressed by yeah, the beach. Yeah. I think that's I, what
0: it is. It's, not, it's like I'm not like, oh my god, it's so. I'm like I've seen I saw it every day growing up. Yeah. Um vodka or tequila?
1: um mm, good question mm, gun to head go um <laughs> vodka more regularly but yeah. tequila when i'm feeling feisty okay I like <laughs> for special it. occasions all right
0: what's your go-to vodka drink
1: moscow um, mule okay I like that. uh
0: who was your childhood crush
1: oh leonardo dicaprio for absolute sure
0: do we feel like he, um as he's gotten older though his head has taken on a football shape yeah, I'm really not into Why is the his older head that shape?
1: The older Leo vibe. Uh it totally I I was very into the baby face yeah. look and speaking
0: of Rugrats, doesn't he have the shape of one of those kids <laughs> on there? Who is the like football shaped head? What, no, that's
1: uh, Hey Arnold. That's Hey
0: Arnold. Okay, fine. Speaking of Hey Arnold. Yes,
1: but yeah. I was fully, yeah, Helga obsessed with him as a kid. I had like I mean, the posters cute. and he was my first um Wet dream, if I not say. Wet dream. Lovely, lovely. Did <laughs> yeah. you see
0: um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet?
1: I haven't yet. No, okay. but it's definitely... Well, I, won't, I won't
0: spoil it for definitely you. Definitely on my He's very it. good in it, though. <laughs> uh, what was the best advice you've ever been given?
1: Uh, don't be embarrassed. Everything has been done and everyone has gotten over it.
0: I love that. Who told you yeah. that?
1: I think I read it in... Uh, I don't know. I feel like I read it in high school... In some kind of Bukowski esque book, I love it. Say it again. Don't be embarrassed. Everything has been done, and everyone has gotten over it.
0: That's fantastic. <laughs> That's actually a good segue into did that did did that sort of like mantra. Do you live by that kind of mantra? And did that sort of um, plane to your career change? Which now I'm yes. going to have you explain. So yes. you started off
1: working at. I was working in media um, out of college. You know, I did the bachelor's degree internship and straight into a media company uh, that I was at for about five and a half years at at a couple of different ones. Mm -hmm. Um, True millennials bounce around a lot (laughs) between good sounding jobs. Um, And I had entered that world thinking that I was going to be more on the editorial side. So like hosting videos, writing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, doing articles, events, kind of culture Stuff yeah. uh, I had studied digital media and marketing, um, and I was going to use you know that knowledge to do more culture kind of uh, editorial stuff. And then it turned out that um, there was much more availability or jobs to be had if you worked on the sort of branded side of things. And uh, I, that's where I ended up because and I that wanted was more boring. And that was more boring and just d- really didn't speak to my, my truth. Uh, I felt like, you know, I was kind of just making content to mm-hmm. sell products and not to really tell the stories that we were like pretending to yeah. tell.
0: And did you know at the time that like your truth would be what it is now? So just, we'll just say it like explain yeah. what you do now briefly, but then we'll go back to the timeline.
1: Yeah. So uh, professionally, I am a cam girl, a webcam model, Mm -hmm. which means that I have a live stream uh, of myself, you know, in underwear, dancing around. I chat with members and do private one-on-one shows um, that usually end in me. Masturbating uh, for the purpose of getting them off. Mm -hmm. So it's very much um, a customer service slash performance (laughs) job. Uh, You're doing great things for the customers. Yes. (laughs) I, you know, I um, make content Mm -hmm. and sell that on the side. So there's also like a. Uh, rolling sort of in like an email
0: list you send out? Yeah, her. I have an email. You really do? Yeah, yeah. I have an
1: email list. So a lot of the uh, knowledge that I gained from working in media, social media, marketing, and yeah, content can... is directly applicable to yeah, that makes my sense. success as a cam girl.
0: So when you, okay, so going, so I wanted to explain briefly what it is that you do. Yeah. So did you know that, that was your truth at the time did you know that you wanted to get into some sort of uh sex work or was it like you just sort of had like an epiphany one day and
1: um and is no. that the right thing
0: to say sex work
1: so yes okay. it is uh it is sex work there are many different forms of mm-hmm. sex work um mine is just performative so i don't uh do sugar babying or mm-hmm. escorting or um Stripping or hooking, uh, and yeah, there's those are all those different levels. So, uh, but it is a form of sex work, and no, and it's still not like I'm not saying that that is my entire truth or persona. It's an answer to um, you know the the need for money in a Mm -hmm. capitalist market. So it's it's my truth in the form of work Mm -hmm. um, because. I was when I quit my job at first I didn't immediately get into cam work I was just like I don't want to do this anymore I want to do something more full-time artistic mm-hmm. with other artists supporting artists but it's incredibly art hard myself. to just
0: make money doing that right away
1: exactly yeah. I mean it takes so, people usually normally quite a bit of time exactly So I had um, like a culture blog that I had already been doing while I was working to sort of feed my soul Mm -hmm. um, in my off hours and it was gaining traction and I was turning it into events and um, so I one day without a plan had just been so fed up with work that I quit and I was like I'm just going to lunge myself into this arts and events thing um, even if I have to go into a little bit of debt for it. Because it's a business, you Mm -hmm. know, I was like, that's what you do. You invest in yourself. So I did, I was doing that kind of successfully for uh, about a year before I found camming. And I say kind of successfully because I was doing a lot of things Mm -hmm. and it was getting recognition and people were writing about it. And I was, you know, getting invited to do these shows in other countries and places, but getting people to pay for artsy things and events either Uh either art or going to an art event um is very hard because so used to getting everything for free like Mm -hmm. art for free through downloads or through Instagram yeah and um events for free through branded things content for free
0: especially in a place like LA too where everyone's sort of connected to everything where it's like exactly so everyone expects to not ever pay for anything. For anything. So mm-hmm. I would
1: like, I would have tons of people there, but like half of them were the band's guest list because I couldn't afford to pay the band. Mm-hmm. So I would have to give free bar and yeah. yada yada to artists and their friends. And um, I, at the same time, was taking classes and doing auditions and stuff for my own acting mm-hmm. and, and, uh. And just using that money to try and fund these art shows that I was losing money on. (laughs) And I lied about uh, having pole dancing skills for an audition. And this is sort of how it all started. I've done that before, too. (laughs) That's the one
0: time I ever took a pole dance class. I auditioned for like a Mark Wahlberg film. And they were like, must have pole dancing experience. (gasps) I was like, sure I do. And I took a class before I went to the audition. Was horrible at the class. Definitely bombed at the audition because they made you like full on dance. I was like, I'm not cut out that for this. So I am. Funny. I don't can't move my body like that. I don't have the personality for it.
1: Oh my god. Okay, so mine is super similar. It was for um, HBO's The Deuce, and mm-hmm. um, it was going to be like a stripper that they scout to be a porn star or something, um, and I so. So first of all, uh, and that also kind of rolls into why I started camming because um, the you know as as a featured extra mm-hmm. I would have been or maybe I would have had one or two lines I would get paid being nude you mm-hmm. had to agree to be okay being nude on camera it would be something like two hundred and twenty dollars for a full day plus the possibility of overtime that's kind of bullshit
0: if you're nude
1: yeah if you're nude and. Um, or, yeah, maybe slightly more. But I think what they originally said was, like, for non-union, mm-hmm. if you're nude, it was, like, 220. That's crazy. For a day. Yeah. So at the time, that was a lot to me, right? Mm. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I don't care. I'll be nude. It's HBO. Um, I'm going to take a pole dancing class. So I sign up. I'm an insane person. I sign up for an advanced class my first time ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, balls to the
0: wall. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I actually had a different uh, experience. I was kind of good, really, yeah, for my very first class, and I just fell in love. It was like love at first sight. Like I was straddling around the dance floor with like, 10, you know, girls clacking their heels on the ground all at the same time while Beyonce plays. And I was just filled with this, like, I don't know, empower yeah. feeling where I was like, "Holy shit, this is amazing." And um, I threw, so I was like, I'm sticking to this. Um, and I did the audition and I didn't get it. And through pole dancing, I ended up meeting uh, a girl who, you know, we were just chit chatting. And she said for work, she was a cam girl. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I had no even idea what that was. Yeah, I was like, like did you even know what it meant or what
0: that it really entailed?
1: No. And so, there's gotta
0: be several different versions of what it is. Yeah. I assume.
1: There's different platforms. It's so intricate and deep and 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 complicated Mm -hmm. um and I just had no idea what I knew of it was you know (laughs) sometimes on a porn site like Pornhub Mm -hmm. you have a pop-up um of a girl in a room yeah and I always just like x out of that and go find whatever video I'm searching for so that was my knowledge of what cam or live stream was um I had no idea
0: so did this girl just pitch it to you like, yeah, I do this and I make a ton of money and I make my own hours or?
1: Well, I actually asked if I could interview her because it was very like this storytelling and content creation that I was doing for my mm-hmm. blog. I was like, oh my God, they would love this. I'm doing like a sex positive spin now that I've been doing the pole dancing stuff and posting that kind of art and a lot of, you know, nude paintings and things. So I was like, that's interesting. I don't know anything about it. I want to know about it. Let me interview you and she was super open and nice um, and I did this interview and I'm editing it and um, thinking like, I need money like mm-hmm. she makes a lot of money and really? I like and I like doing this kind of stuff i'm you know the queen of long distance skype calls with boyfriends Mm -hmm. and nudes and um and i had already been a sex positive writer um in my media days uh and i loved you know finding out about these kind of things even though i'm i'm pretty vanilla myself Mm -hmm. It's not like you
0: You appear very wholesome. Like, yeah, it would, I mean, minus, I guess, tattoos sort of give it away. But <laughs> and, and like the
1: bruises from pole dancing. Well, I wouldn't have known
0: <laughs> that that's what it's from. It actually, just looks like a birthmark. <laughs> oh. No one would think that's what that was from.
1: <laughs> and it's a, actually a problem. I'm like, oh, this is why people think strippers are like abused. <laughs> oh, that is, oh, my God.
0: That's really funny.
1: <laughs> it's literally just from the pole. It's like <laughs> tough athleticism.
0: Yeah. But in general, yeah, like you seem like like super professional and like wholesome and like not that I consider you know people in that industry to not be, but it's like right, but I, would have, I would have would never for, I would never have guessed
1: for a reason and um and that was kind of what like light bulbed my head just as a marketing major mm-hmm. I was like there's a you're gonna niche. be
0: different than yeah. that, uh, yeah,
1: because the girl that I interviewed was the same way she's like very blonde, adorable, wholesome mm-hmm. sweet and and the way she described her work was um you know she gives people like the pleasure of her company it's mm-hmm. really really is like the long distance girlfriend experience yeah. you know that's what they yeah. pay for for that and it's they become some of them will become long-term members who really are just lonely or are you guys
0: ever afraid though that like these people could become kind of obsessed with you figure out where you live or anything like that
1: um, yeah, definitely. That's like the number one concern, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've started to just tell myself that it's far more likely I'll die in a car crash. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to die by You got to get you a taser. <laughs> I just
0: got a taser off Amazon. Oh, yeah. uh,
1: you, you ha- did? Yeah, I got a oh taser. God. I got
0: a taser mace, and I have these, like, little keychain um, pocket knives. Oh, Because I go, God. like, running and walking a lot, and
1: so I have all my little
0: weapons. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> See, I'm just afraid that I would, like use it on myself. How? And I don't know. Uh, somehow I would figure it out. No,
0: you can't. You I mean, always
1: have those dreams where like if something happened, I'm like frozen in, I can't, I can't even have the wherewithal to reach in my really? bag. And-
0: I'm certain I would, uh, I would be the type that would attack. Like I would fight. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. yeah. Like I think I'd like Clot someone's eyes and
1: stuff no I'm so absolutely terrified of confrontation okay I'm so a,
0: you'd be in fight or flight you'd be flight
1: absolute yeah. flight. I would be frozen if there's like a frozen version yeah. of yeah well I'm terrified I'm terrified of like
0: confrontation bed. in terms of like I don't fight with friends or like boyfriends really but I'm just thinking like if there was if I was in a scary situation yeah whatever I don't know I listen to a lot of murder podcasts and that's just what's in my head um, yeah, so, you, yeah so it is a genuine fear that like they could but that could happen with just anyone becoming obsessed with anyone on Instagram though exactly. you know it's like it's kind of like what's
1: the difference yeah and it's just so unlikely yeah you know like if you if I get to the point where I'm popular enough to have a stalker and something happened like at least it would be something worth writing about after yeah that. I don't know you know like you it's so I I actually tried to make this point on my Instagram by um looking up like top 10, uh, ways that people die of not natural causes. Oh,
0: when, what are they?
1: And, um, it was super interesting. Falling was really high up. It was like number four or five because of old people falling or falling to your death, falling down the stairs or or something or those
0: people. It's so sad that are like taking selfies at the grand Canyon and take (laughs) a step backward. It's like,
1: Is it that sad? Like, did we need that? It's like, (laughs) I mean, it's
0: just, it's ridiculous. It's just so, like, preventable and so dumb and so tragic that it's like, ah.
1: Exactly. So I I think of it in the same way as, like, you know, people are like, there's no reason to be scared to fly. Mm -hmm. You're so much less likely to die.
0: Guys, have you heard about this company making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles? Oh, and they're also insanely comfortable and machine washable. I love feeling like I am wearing a shoe that is stylish and adorable, but also good for our planet. So Rothy's are the everyday flats for life on the go. They're stylish and versatile and they go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. I wear them with everything. I wear wear them with yoga pants. I wear them with jeans. I wear them with my jean shorts all the time. I have a friend who is a nurse and she said that's what everyone wears in the hospital they work in, but they're, they're cute and stylish. They're not they're adorable shoes. Rothy's come in a wide range of colors and patterns and they're available in four different silhouettes. Plus, they're constantly launching new styles, so you're guaranteed to find a pair or three that you'll love. I, Most of my friends and family have bought a bunch of pairs. Since Rothy's are seamlessly crafted from recycled water bottles, they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. That's right, so there's zero break-in period in these shoes. And it will blow your mind that they're made from recycled plastic water bottles. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 25 million water bottles from landfills. That is so important. I just love this, and Rothies are manufactured in a zero waste factory, and they ship directly in the shoe box, no unnecessary packaging. These are feel good flats in more ways than one. You'll quickly discover why Buzzfeed called them their forever shoes. So check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com. Be here. Go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash be here b-e-h-e-r-e to get your new favorite flats comfort style and sustainability these are the shoes you've been waiting for head to rothiescom slash be here today so were you nervous the first time you like what to ex- walk me through the process were you like all right i'm gonna go on and make an account or, or um, whatever how did yeah. it all start and were you incredibly nervous so and were you sober the first time you did it yes
1: i've actually i've Try not being like either having a shot or um, sometimes I'll hit a vape pen. That mm-hmm. doesn't affect me too much, but I absolutely can't drink when I do it, mm-hmm. which is very like contrary to what people think. They're like, oh my god, don't you have to get fucked up to mm-hmm. um, to do it? You and- want to get
0: their cut, give the customers their money's worth. Exactly. You don't want to, don't want to see a sloppy drunk girl doing it.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I'm editing this video. I post it. Rave everybody thinks it's so cool and interesting. And I'm like, you know what, if I really... Video about the
0: other girl. The interview. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So um, I'm sitting there thinking, if I really think this is okay, and I'm expecting, you know, to have that change or to give my readers and audience that change in mindset, Mm -hmm. and I need money, and I think this would be fun, you know, I'm going through the whole checklist in my head, like, I should do it. I should put my money where my... Mm-hmm. Asses, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and do it, um so you have to in order to sign up for these sites, you have to be eighteen and over, and um you have to send them proof of that with a an i d mm-hmm. and um some of them will have you fill out a w nine as well or a w two mm-hmm. like it's very not a w two a w nine uh like a contractor, that's the contractor one right
0: <laughs> uh w nine yeah, I think so, yeah, uh,
1: so you do that, and then you wait to be approved, which basically is just, it has nothing to do with how you look, at least not on the site that I... Literally, could anyone get approved? That I cam on. Anyone who's 18 and over uh-huh. can get approved. There All
0: right, are, listeners, if you're interested in yeah. becoming a cam girl, <laughs> listen, own your power. I feel like it's whatever. I mean...
1: Truly. I mean... Um, we'll we'll be able to convince you more when you find out what a work day is like for Mm -hmm. me and and what kind of uh, income we're looking at yeah
0: i Uh, mean this isn't in the cards for me literally my my parents would kill me but you know
1: i know but i'm proud of you thank you (laughs) i feel like um after have you been watching euphoria
0: Yes, it's so good. It's so Kit and good. Kitten Queen.
1: It's so good. She is I am not I'm only like idol.
0: on the fourth episode, so don't tell me anything. But I she's won't adorable. Tell you
1: but episode three, yeah, you mentioned Kitten Queen. She And is, are you using Bitcoin like she is? Uh, I am not, uh-huh. but that is a very forward so Camming is um it's one of the top like um uh, money making industries in the world right now. Like really? yeah. I bet
0: there's so many more people that do it that we don't realize. Yeah, exactly. Because you couldn't. If I was like to search for you online, I couldn't find it. Probably. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so much bigger and and more complicated and Mm -hmm. and yeah than I had ever than I ever knew. So yeah, basically the first time I did it, I just I signed up, I sent my age verification thing, and then I got approved. And I wasted like two days out of the new model week. So the first week you do it, you get a big boost on the site where they push you to the front. So I wasted two days like ho-humming about it, right? I was Mm -hmm. like, am I really going to do it? And, and con- how
0: would you even know what to do? Like, I think I just wouldn't even know,
1: like... Well, that's where pole dancing I'm, came in.
0: I would be like, have like a to-do list of something of like, do I write my smile? Is it, a, is it right. a dance?
1: Is it... Yeah. So that's where the pole dancing came in because there's okay. a lot of floor work you do okay. as well. Um. So the first couple of times <laughs> Sorry, I did funny, it. Like
0: floor work, like it's like an
1: Olympic gymnastics. It, literally. <laughs> like, like,
0: and now for the floor routine. And,
1: exactly. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I, I came to the conclusion that I was only going to do it if I would post about it on my personal Instagram that I was doing it because really? I think you
0: just put so much pressure on yourself. You, yeah. you weren't like, okay, I'm going to fly under the radar and do this. You're like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to make it super public.
1: Yeah. Because I thought the, the choice to do it is. Like shouldn't be you weren't such ashamed. a big deal. And you
0: weren't ashamed of it, exactly. So why? I didn't yeah.
1: want people to think that they could find me and like gossip about you behind me, your back or something. Yeah, gossip about me behind my back. Um, and and I think that that so much stems from sexual stigmas. Like we are so afraid of sex, and it causes, you know, per- violence, weird perspectives. Mm-hmm. It. it It's really the base, the base. Like sex education is just the absolute. A lot of times, like people,
0: um, I hear this a lot when I listen to like my favorite murder and stuff. And a lot of the, a lot of the times that, and it's no excuse because these people are, you know, a lot of times they also had head injuries too. But a lot of the times that people became like violent sexual criminals is because they were very repressed sexually when they were younger yeah. or their parents shamed them, specifically like a weird issue with like their mom shaming them or something and it's just like psychologically like really messed with them so now they just have like a, you know, violent urge towards it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, um, I'm not an
0: expert, but I do hear that a lot.
1: <laughs> right. And and a lot of, um, you know, violence towards women mm-hmm. is very centered on, sex and how much sex she's having and if she takes money for sex and mm-hmm. and that just shouldn't be that just shouldn't be a factor i believe that makes you more susceptible to any sort of like oh absolutely not
0: treatment there like was there's a lot of times sex. oh my <laughs> gosh yeah and there's a lot of times that like you know People would like who have been, you know, women that have been attacked or murdered, um, they get discarded if they're considered like high risk. If they were either like maybe sex workers or drug users or something, it's like, oh, they matter a little bit less. It's like. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're a sex worker. So, well, I mean, their life was more dangerous. So. Right. I guess we'll care about them a little less
1: exactly and then it's like no you, it, it's not their fault that the guy's a creep exactly <laughs> they want to blame uh, you know the woman for existing as mm-hmm. a sexual being when literally everyone is a sexual being in that mm-hmm. we are only you know made by by sex so there is like you said you know if something happens to a woman and she's a sex worker mm-hmm. or vulnerable in some other way then we we say she doesn't matter as much, but then on the other end of it, you have the iconic you know celebrity kind of archetype where we're being sold as girls an image of literally sex, like mm-hmm. e- every Rihanna music video she's a stripper, yeah Cardi B is obviously making her persona based on the. The story of her stripping and then rising to stardom through reality TV. We found out about Kim Kardashian through largely
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: Paris Hilton, who has a sex tape, and then her own sex tape. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me that, yeah, that we're we're buying we're eating up sex mm-hmm. through media all the time, and yeah. then and making girls believe that this is their most important asset most valuable asset but then
0: if you do something like what you're doing then people I'm, I'm sure you have people that shame you for it absolutely family members or
1: yeah and and the 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 most common one is like oh so you just never want to work again kind of thing as if like
0: are you afraid it will affect your acting career is that what you're talking about
1: no like um any as like as if camming isn't work like sex oh work I see isn't I see work. There's and, a lot of marketing involved. Too. You got email lists. You got, yeah. You got to come up with your floor routine. Exactly. I purchased probably cute lingerie. Relationship management. I plan. And I was creative, also going to ask direct. you that too.
0: Like, um, does it affect your dating life? Like if you tell a guy, uh, hey, are you honest about it and upfront?
1: I'm very honest and upfront about it. And the way dating is now, it's more often that they know my Instagram persona mm-hmm. first. So that is already a pretty good filter of if I'm going to go out with a guy, if he doesn't know how to, I've had a guy recently, actually, I met him out and in person. Mm -hmm. So, which for me is always a good thing because I, then I get to just tell them Mm -hmm. about it instead of having them find out through my Instagram. Um, So we, yeah, we chatted, we had a very nice chat. And then he asked for my Instagram instead of my phone number, which probably should have been a sign. So annoying. <laughs> and then he wrote me a nice follow-up message and uh, asked me out again. I responded kindly. Mm-hmm. And then he his response to my response of, yeah, that would be nice, instead of a time and a place or a request for a date was, oh, what's your cam name, by the way? I'll check it out before.
0: I was oh like, my god! Oh, go away, dude. Barf. See, but and, and that, this was like that's that's the late kind of thing that's man, and that's the thing that's like kind of the problem where it's like he's allowed to act like that. Like, let me just like I yeah. don't know.
1: I was like, I'm happy to sell you the the link. It comes yeah. with five videos included, that's and hilarious. I'll never date you. That then. Then yeah. and you're a client. Yeah, and he was. Im- I've... And that's kind of also, I've really become sort of like a, especially to men, like a sassy bitch, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I want to teach them that there is a time and place to act like that. And it's mm-hmm. in the confines of sex work. And like, yeah. that's the only time it's okay to speak to a woman like that is if you are, uh, if she has, you know, without prompt is if she is. Yeah selling that not if you want to to have a a real personal yeah relationship have you
0: have you found um there's a lot of guys that just like don't care about it and they're like that's fine or or have you ever gone out with someone long enough and then they're like like if if we're going to like date date I would prefer if you didn't do that
1: um so I've only been doing it for six months Mm -hmm. and I have yeah. Nobody has cared. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing anyone now. I'm very single. I would say nobody has cared, but it probably does more than everybody wants to be a good feminist boy. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's going to say that they care, but none of those relationships have progressed. Yeah. So. Well, it has only been six months though. <laughs> yeah. You know, so who knows?
0: Um. So did we, did we finish talking about the first time you did it? Like, did,
1: so, no, I don't think so. So I, I made the conclusion that I was only going to do it if I would tell mm-hmm. people that I was at least trying it. It shouldn't be this black and white line of like, oh my God, if you ever try it once, if there's ever a photo of you everywhere, because I had this this whole uh, icon thing in my head too. I was like, you know what? Nobody cares if you make it. So mm-hmm. nobody should care in general. So I signed on. And I had that new model thing, which was like pushing me to the top. My room was flooding with members. I had, I think the first time I did it, I had like 300 people watching. watching. And
0: what does that translate into money-wise? They each pay a certain amount to...
1: So it's really interesting uh, and gamified. So the, the initial room, the live room is actually free, which is why I charge like people I actually know for the link name because you can see a lot on the free chat. Um, so you set a goal of, let's say, $100. And at $100, like, tits are out. I'm already in some cute lingerie. At 100 bucks, tits will be out. And along the way, you can tip uh, for different smaller things or bigger things. It's like even. a Patreon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, which I have mm-hmm. as well that I sell content basically the same just not as explicit content under my actual name so there's lots of crossover like if mm-hmm. somebody wanted to find me they, they can find me yeah um but uh yeah so they tip for things that you line out you have a menu uh like pinch your nipple or spank yourself or flash or like twerk or mm-hmm. All these different oh, well, things. While I'm out there, I
0: don't know how to twerk, so.
1: Yeah. it's <laughs> Damn it. There's a lot of different, ver- I'm not sure if I do a correct twerk. Yeah. I do a version of it. <laughs> I always put a disclaimer. Like, I didn't say I would do it well. I just <laughs> said that I would give it my all.
0: Do you ever, like, joke around on there and stuff?
1: Oh, it's all joking around. Mm-hmm. It's literally hosting a, a game party. Like, I play card games that you can tip for, and you win different moves or different... Flash or mm-hmm. tease or whatever, um, dice games. Do you
0: ever cam with other people? Is that a thing?
1: I have cammed with other people. And then it's it's really just us like hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then so you have the the goal that's going to happen in public cam, which mm-hmm. is usually less explicit than what you would do in private chat. And if someone wants to skip the whole game and the countdown and all of that, they take you to a private chat um, where there's different variations you can do a small group where everyone pays like a couple bucks a month. Do you have
0: to see them at the same time? No. So it's not like that terrifying scene in Euphoria?: Uh
1: no. Well, they can pay for that. Okay. So have you ever had anyone oh like incredibly creepy?: No, like it's really usually if they want you to see them, it's because they're endowed, you know, they're really yeah. like one of the most popular things people tip for is for me to rate their dick.
0: Oh my God, this is it's just so its just
1: It's so indicative of like uh, male culture. So ridiculous. It's That's so funny. That's the most common thing. Yeah. Every day. They I've, just want me to turn on their webcam. Have you ever recognized webcam. someone? No, no.
0: Has anyone ever recognized you mm, and like messaged
1: you? They have. Yeah. I got like one creepy email from an anonymous thing that was like, gotcha, kind of with my like real full name and. All this stuff. And gotcha,
0: I got and like what? Like I'm going to tell everyone or just yeah. like, hey, I know you from the local grocery store.
1: As in like, hey, I'm going to tell. You're
0: like, it look and at, I, you're like, I don't care. Look I, at my Instagram. I already exactly. told. And
1: I posted more mm-hmm. based. I was like so fired up. I just posted like a shit ton more after that because, yeah, it just shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. And I encounter it so much. And I think when you start to care about something and you and you see injustices and you get fired up about a purpose, like mm-hmm. it's become so much more than just performing or being slutty to me. It's like, I really, I really think that people's minds need to change about this for mm-hmm. so many other things to change. Like yeah. the censorship of women on, on social media, um, censorship in general and what we're being fed, you know, through our social media streams. It's like, We're just all getting targeted messages. Like we're not, I feel like we're not seeing the full picture of things anymore because everything is so streamlined. You're like, I don't want to listen to that anymore. Like so many people have unfollowed me since I started. So, so, so many. Yeah.
0: What? They're the haters then. Screw What What was the, what's the most amount of like backlash you've run into? Was it with family or like, do you have any friends that are just like, obnoxiously judgmental or anything? Um, Hopefully so. you're not friends with them anymore. Right. when I Family you can't do much about.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, when I first... It, it's definitely been a really... I feel like I'm just coming out of, you know, after six months, I'm finally, like, leaning into it mm-hmm. enough because I kind of tiptoed the line for the first six months where I was like, I'm doing it. I am fully doing it. But also I don't know how I feel about it yet because... I did lose some artist relationships, like my company lost um, some clients and some projects I had been working on artistically, had to, you know, everybody was very politically correct about everything. Were they they pretending that that wasn't the reason? Yes, like Mm -hmm. it was never very explicitly horrible but I was so sensitive about it that yeah. I ended up like shutting down a lot of relationships immediately I was just like kind of like yeah. middle fingers up to I mean, the world it's, it's and all isolating. a process I
0: think you there was no way for you to plan how you were going to handle that how people were going to react to it yeah. and, and again how you were going to handle how people reacted to it like right.
1: I was also very naive in thinking that because people had applauded the kind of sex positive because it was, I was doing like Sex Positive Month on my uh, art account, which mm-hmm. is called uh, BLA Creative. So everybody was applauding that. I did these two interviews with um, a professional pole dancer and a professional cam girl. Mm-hmm. Everybody applauded that. So I was like, oh, they like my audience gets it. I can do it myself, and they'll understand that if they applaud the story, mm-hmm. then... It shouldn't make any difference if I do it myself and I was just totally like taken aback by how untrue that was mm-hmm. like that we have so much instilled um kind of negative connotations about female sexuality that that we just don't even realize and I realized that I had it before too yeah yeah by 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 thinking like oh I would never do X Y Z, but I'll tell its story and kind of exploit it for uh-huh like content.
0: Yeah. So uh-huh. it sounds like you really never thought you would be doing this. No. Like it was, yeah. You were sex positive, but not necessarily like, right. and also partially probably because you didn't know how that whole process even worked or like, yeah. yeah, and how they even make money. But I think I read it, one of your articles that you'd written um, that you're making as much if not more than you were with like a full-time salary job now?
1: Yeah, so I quit in February. I quit my salary job in um, March last year and went really, really, really low in the bank account and got into some credit card debt. And I've just, yeah, been doing this six months. And I think this month, because July is especially long and a lot of days are packed in there, I think this month I just surpassed my old creative salary.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And how many hours a day or week do you work? Max two hours a day. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. So it gives you plenty of time to work on like writing and doing. Exactly. Have you ever considered writing a book about this journey? I mean, it's oh, only yeah. been six months, but I feel like you already have probably have some pretty interesting content.
1: Yeah. There's um, a TV pilot in the works and <laughs> a feature and um, there's, there's I think, so much to To tell in this whole journey of a lot of just how perspective changes Mm -hmm. on things you know it really just completely like changed my mind about about so much and I think made me so much more open to a lot of things but also like closed off you know Uh I don't feel as as um like I can trust everybody or like mm-hmm.
0: sometimes that's good though.
1: Yeah. I think because I needed sometimes it. sometimes you have to learn it the
0: hard way and it, but sometimes it's like I mean, I had to learn it the hard way in my own personal life and like you can't trust everyone. You and you also yeah. like one of the biggest things I've learned over the last year and a half, 2 years is don't tell don't tell your secrets to the people that don't deserve it. Like don't just be such an open book that like whatever like, you know, and it's not even secrets but yeah. just like some people want to like see you fail and some people want to like, they they get pleasure out of like, you know, hearing that you're sad or you're hurt or that something bad happened to you or whatever. And like, they mm-hmm. don't get, they have to, people have to earn that. And it's, that's a tough lesson to learn, but
1: you know. Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah.
0: What is the most um awkward or embarrassing
1: thing or weird thing that's happened in one of the private um, sessions? So I don't, do anything like that i don't want to do basically mm-hmm. so i said earlier so they I'm, but I'm, they can ask I'm, you I'm to do whatever yeah. yeah so they can they can ask mm-hmm. um i and we agree usually before they'll go to a pay per minute scenario so it's not awkward um but it, it's a little funny well i mean i guess it is a little awkward i have one client who has a nose fetish and he just pays for like 20 to 30 minutes of me like rubbing my nose like squishing it into different positions like that is a fetish hold. I have
0: never heard of
1: same same I had never heard what? of what that is so yeah. weird um he, but like also like that's also like it's like cute I'm but like, I'm like well I mean if someone wants to look at my nose for 20 minutes fine right <laughs> you get paid for it exactly I um and he does uh the high the most expensive like eight dollars a minute because it's so, it, it is kind of a weird, rare thing. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't care at all. Yeah. It's just my nose, you know? And for him, it's the most amazing thing ever to see a girl like...
0: God, what happened to him in his childhood with noses? I don't know. What was... Yeah. <laughs> Where did that
1: get triggered? Yeah. His favorite thing is when I put like a stocking over my head and then lift it up. Like okay. pull it off like a sexy um, burglar. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, that seems a little bit murdery. <laughs>
1: A little, There's but a little bit of. It's not like all the way over my head. It's like he just wants to see the fabric go over the nose. That's like what does yeah, it for him. He's
0: uh, he's got some problems. I think this I one. Mean, <laughs> is it? You know. But now I'm shaming him. I don't mean to. Sh- I don't see. Yeah, I don't mean to shame.
1: That's kind of the thing. Is like you and hopefully, people- hopefully he's working
0: it out there and not walking around on the street and like grabbing exactly. people's noses.
1: Exactly. I think that's. That's kind of the thing that that you realize is like, I, you know, I offer that to him. There's other things that I won't do for other people. Mm -hmm. But there's so many girls and -hmm. and, and someone will do it. Someone will do something that you want. And I think letting people kind of have a space where they can live out these fantasy things Mm -hmm. that are probably more normal than we know. Yeah. You know, just like we all think it's so weird that there's a foot fetish yeah. right? but that's the most searched thing yeah so yeah I think like having a, a safe space with someone who you think is just really like the bee's knees really yeah. hot do that for you is like pretty good for society it's got to be good yeah
0: do you have any advice for my listeners that would be have, would be curious about getting into this type of work
1: yeah I think um you know just be very aware that it is sex work I think mm. a lot of people get um kind of you know wooed by this fetish idea that they can go on there and just eat something and somebody will will find it um and they won't have to do anything or they'll just be a dominatrix and mm-hmm. um and not have to show anything which i guess you maybe could but it is a sex work it is a service like mm-hmm. that's why people are are watching it and there is a chance that people will find out that you do it But if you are okay with it and comfortable with it, Mm -hmm. I have found it to be so amazingly empowering and really just like really kind people, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's literally hosting like a a game party in your bedroom. You work whenever you want. Um, There is an audience for absolutely everyone, Mm -hmm. no matter how you look. And you're just chatting and like providing people company, and then maybe at the end you'll orgasm and make a couple hundred bucks too. It's like a pretty sweet deal.
0: All right. Um, I really hope that when you do it, your room's clean, because there's nothing I hate yes. more than when someone takes a, like a mirror selfie or something, <gasps> yes. and the, the background of their room is a disaster. I'm like, D-.
1: oh, I'm a full I'm like, on. Like, make, make your bed. Make your bed. It's not that hard. No, I'm like a. full-on full-on art director Mm -hmm. with it I have lights I have like a (laughs) special cam I put like flowers and candles and I do different sets and I have a pole in my house now have you
0: gotten any um like sponsors from it like um like lingerie sponsors or anything like that
1: sure that's Um, a thing I'm kind of weird about sponsors Mm -hmm. uh because just because of my history with the branded content world um and I get a lot of offers and it's often just stuff that I don't really want. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not against like branded stuff or, uh, sponsored things, but I'm usually not offered money. I'm offered like a free product. And if it's, I have to really, I had, you know, in like 2015 or something, I had more of like a fashion blog where I would do that stuff, but I just realized I ended up with a ton of crap I would never actually buy or promote and I was like why am I doing this? By the way
0: there's a photo on your Instagram and you're wearing a dress and I need to know where you got this dress (laughs) or maybe it's on your your, website or something but I was like I gotta ask her that because it's so cute. What color is it? It's a floral long I'll I'll find a photo of it. The peach one? Yeah yeah. so. Yeah
1: I think um Marshall's most a lot of my clothes are from Marshall.
0: It's so cute. Thanks. Uh, well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Um, tell everyone where they can find you and what's next
1: for you. And yeah, um, so I'm Dana Kamaya. You can find me on the gram as D A N I K A M A I A. I am doing some stand up um, in a month at Bar Lubich on September seventeenth, and. What else you can sign up if you want to see nudes of me?
0: I feel you like can... most of my listeners are female, but hey, maybe they. <laughs>
1: yeah. If you'd like to see, um, I have a Patreon account mm-hmm. under Danica Maya as well. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's it. About and it. listen, good for you. You're Thank you're you. you're owning it, and it's you're, it's empowering to you. And like I, I I I firmly believe that far more people have done it or do it than we realize. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean, some form of it in any mm-hmm. case, you know. Like, I feel like sugar babying has become such a blase term; nobody mm-hmm. even flicks an eye. But that is, you know, that is a form of sex work. You're mm-hmm. you're getting an allowance. You're you're sleeping with somebody you maybe wouldn't if yeah. not for mm-hmm. this circumstance. Um, and it, my mom even said it so casually to me because I told her. A lighter version of what I do. I said I'm like a virtual stripper, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which is true. Yeah. Um. And she was like, "You just need a sugar daddy." And I was like, "So you want me to have sex <laughs> You're with like, someone? Why is that better?" Exactly. It's like so you just want me to have sex with someone that I don't really love.
0: Yeah, I don't see how
1: that's better. Yeah.
0: I, but who knows? I mean, but I also think like <laughs> parents are just like, they just want you with someone who can take care of you.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like,
0: but you're like, I'm taking care of myself and exactly. I'm doing it from the privacy of my home and I'm
1: yeah. taking care of myself mm-hmm. and that, yeah. So I can date poor
0: yeah. assholes. So I can take them to dinner. You see how this works? It's a circle of life.
1: Yeah. That, that should have
0: been in The Lion King. That's
1: uh, something <laughs> for my therapist and I, but <laughs> I am taking care of myself. That's yes. great.
0: Well, thank you so much for doing this. You're fantastic. You. Everyone go see her show on the 17th at Bar Lubitsch. It's Gabby's show that I just did. Yes, yeah, cool. exactly. That's how we met. All right. Bye, guys.